The Defense Department left three key provisions demanded by the last defense authorization bill out of its tenants' Bill of Rights. Advocates, tenants, and lawmakers say those were the three most important. The Pentagon is promising to put them into the Bill of Rights after it talks with the private military housing companies. While the brass cogitates, service members and their families continue to suffer through mice, mold, lead paint, and other substandard housing conditions. This more than a year after DOD and the housing companies promised to clean up their act. Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni joins me now. And Scott, let's first of all tell us what were the three provisions that should have been in there that are still not. Right. Well, these are the ones that uh, pack the most punch and have the most legal uh, um, the legal ac- action behind them, agency behind them, and that is to establish a dispute resolution process. So if you have a problem with the company, you can go to them and, and have some sort of process in order to uh, you know legislate through this or, or, or talk through it in a legal way. Like kill the mice or let me have a cat. Right, exactly. And then with within that, there's the ability to withhold rent during this resolution process. So, you know, right now, these service members have no way of holding no leverage. any – Exactly. No leverage. And and then finally, it's access to a house's maintenance history. So if you found out a house had mold last year, you might not want to move in um, unless you know that the remediation process has actually gone through. Now, some of the things that are already in the Bill of Rights, uh, which the Defense Department put out a couple of weeks ago, it'll be going into effect on the 1st of May in 2020. Uh, these are things like the right to a plain, ran- plain language briefing before you sign a lease, uh, the right to report inadequate housing and to uh, you know ask for a timely work order uh, and to get things fixed and and to just have a company or contractor come out to your house very simple things that in fact every state in the United States already promises to tenants the question is why were they not put into that bill when the bill of rights that is when the bill enabling all of this the legal bill that passed demanded it Right. Well, so you're saying the uh, the 2020 NDAA, right? Yeah. So it it was in the 2020 NDAA, and it was just left to the Defense Department to actually implement this. So you know, of course, Congress is, has the ability to legislate, but really the executive branch is the one that needs to execute that legislation. So they needed to come out and, and do it. But what they wanted to do was apparently talk with the uh, housing companies about these three provisions and make sure that they were in the contracts and, and that they could work within the contracts that they had. Now, these CEOs of these companies and their advocates or you know whoever is, is representing their company, they talked with lawmakers earlier this week and said that they agreed to add work with these provisions to add these provisions in. But, you know, one thing I wanted to mention is a lot of people ask, how are we stuck in this situation? Why are these companies um, not just doing what they, they need to do? And and what's really interesting about this is that the Defense Department signed these contracts back in you know the early 2000s or in the late 1990s. We still don't know what's in these contracts. The Defense Department, from what we understand, has really kind of signed a bum deal with these companies. They gave over a lot of rights to these companies in, in the first place in hopes that this the capital that these companies could build would help build better housing for, for lawma- uh, service members. And it has for the most part. But uh, even when these, these contracts are FOIA'd, we are still getting heavily redacted contracts because of proprietary information. So we really don't know what the Defense Department signed up for at the beginning of these contracts, these 50-year contracts. We're speaking with Federal News Network's Scott Mossioni. That's a strange one because normally contracts are part of the public record. 
And these are simply contracts with housing companies, and they date back now almost 20 years. So you wonder what the Defense Department is trying to hide about these companies. Right. Well, the companies are saying that they're proprietary information. And the way that they signed these these contracts, it's not like a, a regular FAR process contract. These are really uh, agreements with these companies. You know, these, these companies in these agreements uh, have proprietary information on how they're going to be keeping their uh, their houses, you know, their, their model for their houses, how they're going to be making money, how they're going to be maintaining them, things like that. And that's why they're they're refusing to let this that information out and why a lot of people are really confused as to how we got into this situation in the first place. And meanwhile, the stories of substandard conditions keep popping up, don't they? That's right. So we had service members that uh, testified before Congress last week, and they said we had a, a Army colonel lived in two houses with toxic mold. His wife, a long-distance runner, ended up uh, developing asthma. Secondly, there was a military wife who who talked, and she said that her kids were constantly getting sick. They paid $2,700 out of pocket for independent uh, housing inspectors so that they could uh, find out if there was actually toxic mold in their house because the ones that were provided by these housing companies were ones that uh, were biased. And and we recently saw that the Blue Star Families uh, Family Survey came out recently, and there. Uh, the biggest issue for service members is that they they have uh, financial issues and their biggest stressor is financial issues. So getting $2,700 just to prove that there's something wrong with your house, not something that's feasible for every family. And this ha- hearing that you referred to, the issue of the basic housing allowance came up for, for uh, service members. What's the story there? How does that impinge on this whole substandard problem? Yeah, and, and this gets a little confusing, so, so bear with me here for a second. So basic housing allowance is... Uh, mandated within the NDAA, it gives and in the appropriations bills, it gives service members money in order to uh, give to pay for their housing, depending on where they live. Now, there's not exactly a in a logarithm within there that tells them uh, exactly how much money they're going to get. It fluctuates each year, and sometimes it can seem almost arbitrary how much it fluctuates. The companies like Corvius, the housing companies, which Corvius, by the way, is being sued by families on uh, Fort Meade, mentioned that the BAH decreases and unexpected disasters had hurt them, uh, saying that, you know, because what happens is that the BAH goes directly from the Defense Department right to these companies. It doesn't go to the middleman of the service members. So, you know, that that kind of brought up a, a question of were the, the housing companies getting enough money? Lawmakers came back and said, well, you signed these 50-year contracts and you f- said how you wanted them to be financed. Usually if it's a 50-year contract, you're going to be doing it pretty conservatively because you don't know what it's going to be like 50 years out from now. Well, it sounds like there's a problem here, and that is that they didn't consider escalators or they didn't consider the capital costs of housing when negotiating these long-term leases because you have to have the operational costs, heat, light, property maintenance, painting going on from the rent that you get year to year. But then there's also the capital costs, the fixed costs. You have to redo roofs from time to time. You have to redo furnaces. and You may have to do some basic excavation of the property if things shift and you get water. And so in a rent-controlled situation, there's not enough profit maybe generated to enable these housing companies to make the investments they just to play devil's advocate that they should be making. Right. And I, I think that's the frustration that is being felt in in that they didn't plan far enough ahead when they signed these contracts or they were trying to low bid these other companies, you know, and, and 
meanwhile, the service members are getting the, the, the bum deal out of this. And, and the GAO even did a report on this in 2018. And they said that the the audit that they looked through found that privatized housing, the long-term financial viability uh, planning was lacking, and they needed to redo this halfway through to, to make sure that things are working. And, and then you also have to remember, they do have a reserve fund, and money goes into that reserve fund. So uh, there was an ability for them to use some of that money uh, in order to fix fix issues. So. so bad planning on the part of the Pentagon, maybe bad financial management on the part of the housing companies. Right, and the service members are, uh, are feeling the hurt on it. Federal News Network's Scott Massioni, thanks so much. Thank you. Check out his story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Cough and cold season is here. Introducing Ricola Max Throat Care, Ricola's most powerful drop yet. It's the best of Swiss nature wrapped around a powerful liquid menthol center for maximum relief from your worst cough and sore throat. Maximum nature for maximum relief. Try the new Ricola Max now, available in the cold and cough aisle. It's in our nature. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus, and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.